0: Amen. So in the book of Genesis this morning, Genesis chapter number six, and I'll talk for a while so you can find it. Uh, Genesis chapter number six and uh, we've been in a series on Sunday morning on the subject of charity Uh, and I'll step out of that series this morning and uh, preach a message the Lord's put on my heart as we uh, have a a special emphasis today and I believe it'll help us as a church help us as individual Christians as well and so I look forward to uh, 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 preaching this message the Lord's put on my heart. God's already been good to us today and uh, I, I don't Want to take too long to talk about how uh, good Sunday school hour was uh, because you might be disappointed next Sunday when you come back and it's just me teaching and I I don't want that. But uh, uh, but I do. I do want you to be back tonight and looking forward to the service this evening. But look at Genesis chapter number six and we're going to begin reading with verse number five and uh, we'll read down to verse number thirteen this morning of Genesis chapter number six. A familiar passage. And God saw that the wickedness of man. Was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Verse 6 And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace. In the eyes of the Lord, let me pause just for a second. We, so often, I, bl- I believe, and maybe it's just me, but I uh, probably not, because we know the story that we're going to get into. I, I don't think we take the time to uh, really uh, look at verse five, six, and seven as soberly as we should. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. God sees the wickedness of man. Well, there was a period of time when God, as we find in verse 6 and 7, said, It is necessary for me to destroy all men. Judgment is coming. That day is coming again. Uh, But the soberness, let the soberness of those words uh, weigh on you this morning. Verse number 8, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Let's read verse 14. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark and shall pitch it within and without the pitch. I'll stop reading there. We know this story. We, it's referred to as Noah and the Ark. Uh, I first heard this story when I was a child in, in, in Sunday school and in, in, our, in our children's church, and that's that setting as a young man. We've all perhaps heard of this story or heard messages, lessons taught on it. We're familiar with it. Noah and the ark and how Noah built an ark and to preserved humanity as God was going to judge the world. And certainly we want to be aware of this. We know God had a flood rain come and it had never rained before. It had never flooded before. And to the, it flooded to the point that the whole world was covered. And if you were not in that ark, you did not survive. The story of Noah and the ark. We know the promise of God, the rainbow. Uh. By the way, that started with God, the rainbow. It's His promise. Uh, his promise that He would never destroy the world in that fashion again. We're going to look at this story this morning. We're going to look at it from a little bit different perspective. And my the title of my message this morning is this. Someone has to build the ark. Someone has to build the ark. The ark saved Noah. Somebody had to build it. The ark saved Japheth. Somebody had to build the ark. The ark preserved humanity. Somebody had to build the ark. Let's ask the Lord to help us this morning. Father, I pray that you would use the message today to challenge us as a church. This will be a little bit unusual message perhaps for a Sunday morning. Father, this is the message that you have sent today. May we heed it as a church. May this help us as we desire to grow. We desire to do more. We desire to uh, take things uh, further for you. May we realize what is necessary to do so. As we have already heard in the Sunday school hour, there's sacrifice that has to be made to be a blessing to others. And Father, may you use the message today, may the Spirit of God work, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. God, as we know, was going to send his judgment. Because of man's wickedness, he had decided he would destroy the world. And let me just say that somebody may disagree with God's actions there, but what God does, God sees fit to do, and I don't really think he was interested in anybody's opinion, it's just what God decided to do. It's judgment that was earned. However, there was a family that found grace. Noah, Scripture tells us, was a just man. Scripture tells us Noah walked with God. His family would be recipients of God's grace and mercy in the midst of judgment. Aren't you thankful that even when man has earned the judgment of God, you can still find grace in the midst of the judgment? You can still find mercy in the midst of the judgment. Let me just get off track here a little bit. Our nation deserves the judgment of God. God is exercising His judgment and more is to come. But don't despair, child of God. In the midst of God's judgment and God's wrath and God's justice, you can find grace, you can find mercy, you can find preservation. That's what Noah found. Yes, God would judge the world and destroy it with a flood, but He would spare Noah. Noah and his family would spend months on the ark while floodwaters covered the earth, killing every living thing. God would preserve life in the ark. He instructed Noah to load the animals on the ark. When the rain stopped and the water subsided, the ark would gently rest, making a way for all on board to begin anew. This ark would become synonymous with salvation, preservation, and God's means of mercy. It was the ark that preserved Noah. It was the ark that preserved life. Thank God for the ark. I submit to you, though, this morning that while it is true that the ark provided safety, and I submit this morning it is true that the ark preserved hope, It is also true that the ark took Noah and his family and deposited them exactly where God wanted them. It is equally true that someone had to build the ark. The ark did not build itself, nor did God drop it out of the sky. In order for Noah and his family to be spared the Ark had to be constructed. And might I say, there's a lot of churches and there's a lot of Christians that want the ark. And they're just waiting for God to drop it from the sky. But Noah had to build the ark. Ark building was not mainstream. Ark building was not conventional. Ark building was weird. In order for Noah to be saved and for humanity to be preserved, the ark had to be built. Likewise, if we're going to preserve our families, someone has to be willing to build an ark. If we're going to preserve a city, someone has to build an ark. See, the ark is proof that God can send judgment and still show mercy. The ark is proof that God can take the unheard of and the unlikely and use it as the preservation for what Jesus is going to do in the future. Well, if I had a dollar for every time a well-meaning brother or sister in Christ has told me, well, pastor, nobody's ever done that before. Or that's not the way it's ever been done. Oh, I'd eat three tacos today instead of two if I had a dollar every time. Don't miss the point this morning. God sent preservation ahead of judgment. But he sent it in, in the fact that someone had to build the ark. Someone's got to determine that they will use their life to preserve those coming behind. A generation has to determined to use their time, their energy, their resources to preserve those coming behind them. Church has got to be willing to build the ark of ministry so that others can be helped. It is true that God never fails to send bread, yet some go hungry because they aren't willing to plant the wheat. Someone has to build the ark. Well, Pastor, in our music ministry, we want to do more in our music ministry. Will somebody build the ark? Well, there's a need of a ministry with, 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 with this group and this group. Well, somebody's got to build the ark. Noah didn't wait around for somebody else to build the ark so that he and his family can be preserved. We'll see in a moment. It's because God said, Noah, you build the ark. Well, Pastor, we, we need to help the hurting build the ark. Well, we've got to reach the world with the gospel. Can we say amen to that? Amen. But we have to build the ark so that we can reach the world with the gospel. Well, we want to do more for the generations to come. And, and a lot of people want to, let me just say it like this, a lot of people want to be in the ark. But there's not a lot of people willing to take the time to build the ark. The ark is the safety. The ark is the preservation. The ark is what is needed. But somebody had to set their goals aside, their wishes aside, their pride aside and say, I'll spend my days building the ark for my own family, for the for the will of God, for the preservation of those to come. Can I say about Noah building the ark, there's been all kinds of scenarios that are laid out, but let me just say it was not easy. Noah's biggest problem when he was constructing this ark was not that his batteries need charging on his cordless drill. He didn't get behind schedule because he was waiting on a delivery from Home Depot. It was not easy. You know why Christians and churches are not building ministries like we're endeavoring to build is because it's not easy. It's hard. Friend, if you're gonna have, you're gonna build your home and it's gonna be that place of preservation for the generations to come, and you say, This is what I want to protect my family, it's not an easy thing to do that. If we're gonna be a church that maintains the truth and we wanna keep the world out of here, we wanna keep keep the keep the devil out of here, and we want this to be a a place where 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 life can be preserved and and, and the potential of young people can be preserved and our homes can get what they need, it is not easy. May I also say about Noah building the ark, it was not random. God did not say, just figure it out. God told him what kind of wood to use. God told him the measurements. He told him all the specifications. It was not random. It was very specific. God telling Noah... Build this ark exactly in this manner. By the way, in the day we live in today, God still is not random. God is very specific in his instructions. It was said in Sunday school hour, and I love the statement, God, God does not miscommunicate. God is very clear in his instructions, and Noah under, could understand exactly what he was talking about. Why? Because God knows what he's going to send. God knows what is needed for that preservation. God knows what is needed for that protection. God knew what he was going to put in the boat before Noah knew what was going in the boat. And so when he gave the instructions, he had to do it exactly his way. It was not random. If you want your home to be that place of preservation for the future, it's not random. Too many Christians are approaching the Christian life randomly, and the home randomly. Too many churches aren't thriving as they should. They'll not be that place of preservation because they're just going about it randomly. God is very specific. That's why, let me just say, I'll never put out a survey of how the, the Emmanuel Baptist Church operates itself because, because God has been very specific in what the church is supposed to do, how the church is supposed to do it, and how the church is supposed to go about doing it. Another observation, it was, it was not understood. Can you imagine Noah stopping in the morning at Starbucks to get a cup of coffee? Say, hey, Noah, what you got going on? I'm building an ark. What's that? Google it. Well, why are you doing that? Because it's going to rain. What's rain? Well, you see, uh, here we go. There's going to be some water Fall from the sky. And, and there's gonna be a flood, and the whole world is gonna be covered. And I'm building the ark because God said to build the ark because he's sending his judgment. Now, how many people do you think he was able to sell on what God told him to do? I know he was at least able to do it with his own family it was not understood friend if if we're going to do something for the lord that's going to matter in the future then we have to understand it's not always going to be easy it's not going to be random it's not going to be understood by everyone And let me just say, we have to be very careful that we operate as God's church in a way that is always understood. Lost man does not understand the things of God. Lost man does not understand... You know they look at us as unusual and weird, and and why do you, why why are you so faithful to church while they're season ticket holders? Why do you, why do you why do you dress a certain way while they're wearing their Captain America shirt? Why 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 why, why do you give your money to that as they as they have all the, the the subscriptions that they have, and they're never going to understand. Let me just give us four things this morning that I think will be a help to us as we consider someone has to build the ark. Look at verse number 13, if you will. Well, verse 13, and God said unto Noah, he tells him all flesh has come before him. Earth is filled with violence. I will destroy them. God continues to talk and says, make thee an ark of, of wood. Can I say number one? Only one opinion mattered. Right. 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 Only one opinion mattered. And can I just say to you and I this morning, the one who makes it rain is the only opinion that matters when he's going to send a flood. The only opinion that mattered in the the conversation was God's. Those who were expected to follow were not in the conversation between God and Noah. They then had to determine, as Noah would go home to his family and say, but I was with God, and, and, and God didn't just lay something on my heart. He gave me some very clear directives of what we're supposed to do. Please tell us, lay it all out, and... He didn't have a multimedia presentation. He didn't have any full-color brochures. He just began to say, God said that He's going to destroy the world. God said, and he said to build an ark. God said this is how it's supposed to be, and this is what we're going to do. And then those that were supposed to follow had a decision to make. Do we follow what God has said? Can I just give us a warning as a church, a church that knows the blessings of God? Too many churches have, been squ- have squandered their opportunity to make a difference because they voted on what God has directed. Too many churches have lost the ability to preserve a generation because they're voting on what God has already directed. Can I just say, you don't have to vote on go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. You don't have to vote on uh, the Great Commission. You don't have to to vote on what is necessary to do so. You don't have to to vote on uh, the directive of the church. That's not something that has to be voted on because God has already decided it. Well, I wasn't there when when, when God spoke those words to John. I wasn't there when God spoke those words uh, to uh, 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 Paul. I wasn't there when God... Well, you don't have to be there. You don't have to be in the conversation. It's deciding, are we going to follow the directive that God has set? Because only one opinion matters. I know it's 2024, and we want to undo a lot of times what God has said to do. Uh, When it comes to our church, when it comes to our homes, when it comes to our individual lives, only one opinion matters, and it's that of God. Number two, there's some interesting thoughts here when we look at it from the perspective someone has to build the ark. The ark... Had to be unconventional. Look at number 17, verse number 17. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. Now, think with me just for a moment. God is saying He's going to destroy everything. According to the scripture, that's never happened before. He's never destroyed the world before. He's never sent a flood. It hasn't even rained, much less flooded. So before he does that, he sends the solution ahead of time. And if you'll build the ark, you'll be prepared for what's coming. For now, I don't understand Everything God puts in my heart. I don't understand. You may understand everything God puts in your heart. But I have learned that God knows what's coming in 2025, in 2026, in 2027, in 2028. God knows what he wants to use to preserve. God knows what he wants to use To make a difference. God knows what He wants to use. And we don't always understand it. And the way my mind works is like, okay, let's find the precedent. Let's find the scriptural promise. Let's find all of those things. But if we are making that argument for the ark of God, there is no precedent because God's never sent a flood before. And we know that God's not going to send a flood again So whatever he sends for us to do, whatever he commands his church to do, whatever it is that for us to do as God's people, he's preparing for what's coming. It had to be unconventional. You and I say, Pastor, why are you preaching this? Because quite frankly, if you haven't figured it out yet, God has sent some unconventional things our way. We, gotta, we have to help with the mental health. Well, I'm really concerned about the mental health crisis in our country. God will send a ministry that will help with that. Well, I just don't understand why the churches don't do that. We've got to reach the world with the gospel. God sends a means to do it. We cannot be afraid to build the ark for what God has coming. Friend, we are spoiled, we're blessed, and I hope I'm not losing you this morning. We are spoiled in the United States of America. We have enjoyed the freedom, we have enjoyed the liberty, we have enjoyed a lot of things. But we may not have that very much longer. So what God directs us to do today, we cannot always look at it for the way God has always ordered things in our country. There may be something coming tomorrow that we're not aware of. We've got to be willing to build the ark for the future. Number three, I'm going to quote my good friend, Brother Chaney, this morning. Everybody Okay. The ark was an act of faith. You think you got faith? You do have faith. Whenever you get big-headed about your faith, read verse 22. Thus did Noah. I think it's one of the greatest verses in the Bible. According to all that God commanded him, so did he. I don't know if Noah could preach. I don't know if Noah could teach. I don't know if Noah was a charismatic soul winner. I don't know if Noah could sing like the the, the birds. I don't know all of that, but I do know this. God etched for eternity, thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did. Did he? God does not testify on your behalf that you did everything he commanded you to do all the way without you having faith. Parent, let me just say this, as you rear those children, there are going to be some things that do not make sense to you that this Bible teaches to, to instruct your children, to protect your home, to do all of those things. It doesn't make sense and the, the pressure from society and even family and friends, it goes against all of those things. You're going to have to have faith that this Bible is true. You're going to have to have faith that the principles of God's word are everlasting. You're just going to have to have faith to do all that God has commanded you to do. In 2024, we as a church, the Emmanuel Baptist Church, there is pressure uh, in our country, in our society to change where we stand and change what we believe and to to water things down and to go a different direction and to change all the, the methods and the models of doing all the buzzwords that are said. But friend, we've got to decide if the Bible is true and let it be said of the Emmanuel Baptist Church that we did all that He commanded us to do. The only way that happens is if faith supersedes logic. If faith supersedes reasoning. Friend, you and I have got to believe what God says and what God has said over what we see with our own eyes, understand with our own mind, Pastor, how do I do that? You've got to have faith in God. You've got to believe Him more than you believe you. So I have no faith. Yes, you do. You just have it in you. I don't have faith. Yeah, you do. You have it on your Facebook Facebook friends. I don't have faith. Yes, you do. You have it. That media personality you listen to all the time. We have, it's, it's, it's going to take an act of faith. Well, how, 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 I know it's not going to work this way, uh, but man, how embarrassing would it be to bump into Noah and just be whining one day about, well, I could have done it. I just didn't have the faith to do Well, God didn't ask you to build a boat when there's never needed to be a boat. God didn't ask you to build a boat when. Rain, say it was going to rain, I mean, we live in Florida, we can't even comprehend it never raining. And by the way, I'm not watching the clock, I'm watching the weather, so I'll just preach till it stops raining, so. Do you think, think with me for a moment, do you think Noah's faith ever waned? Day after day, year after year, decade after decade. The, the, the physical labor, the mocking. Of course it did. His faith would get low like yours gets low, mine gets low. He would hear the criticism in the society. You think, you, we think we're the only people who believe this way. No, in his family, we're the only people. Boy, he'd get discouraged, perhaps, and his faith would get low. So how did did he go forward? I I can just imagine. As he's talked to his kids, his mind would go back to God saying, I'm going to destroy the world. And the fact that he knew what was coming, would give him just enough faith. I've got to go back one more day to build the ark so that I can be preserved, so that my kids can be preserved, so the future can be preserved. Christian, you will get discouraged. Your faith will get low. The enemy will land successful blows. You've to just keep enough faith to say, I'll be back in church on the Lord's day. I'll open my Bible and read it again. I'll stand in my post. Because the ark has to be built. Again, we live in a selfish world today, a a world of... I just want God to drop the ark out of the sky. I want somebody else to build the ark and then I'll just get on the ark. But friend, thank God for those in previous generations who've paid the price and and sacrificed their dreams and hopes, and have laid it all on the altar for the Lord so that we can have the benefits that we have today. I thank God for all of that. And and we get to benefit some of those things. But that you read the Bible generation after generation after generation lived and died, and there were generations that simply had to fill the void and say, we'll build the ark so that those coming behind still have the word of God. They still have the truths of scripture. They still have hope of a God who never leaves them or forsakes them. We have to build the ark. When Noah had faith enough just to be obedient, the ark had to be built before its benefit would be realized. You know, don't sometimes this mistake is made and somebody will be. Out of church or out of fellowship with God, and say I want to get things right, get back on track, and they come and they come back to church, and it helps them, and they figure that one service fixes all their problems. Why isn't everything fixed? You got to build the ark. You got to keep taking those trees down and planting those boards, hauling them to. Where are the ark's being built? You've got to invest some sweat. Why is it so that life can be preserved, friend? Let me let me let me just tell you how I feel this uh, this morning. I feel the decisions we make today are affecting the eternity of the generation to come. So, somebody's got to build the ark for their children, their grandchildren, their great grandchildren. Somebody's got to build the ark. Oh, maybe not be short sighted and say, well, you know, time's running out for me, and, and I'll, I'll never see uh, this building built, I'll never see this ministry fulfilled. Just, just time's going to catch up. Oh, but wouldn't you like to be part of building the ark? Wouldn't you like to be part of doing something that's going to preserve? Hey, I, I know America, you know how I feel about America. If you, if you think to some of the teaching and preaching I've done, uh, the, America's earned the judgment, and I believe judgment is coming, and, and more judgment is to, is to come. But, friend, God still can show grace, and God still can show mercy, and we can make a difference in our own community, in our own, in our own city, and amongst our own family. Well, you've got to be willing to build the ark. The number four, I was going to say lastly, but it started raining harder, so (laughs) I may add a couple of things. Number four, those who were with Noah benefited. Those not with Noah, no benefit. Look at verse number 18. But with thee will I establish my covenant. And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. When God gives commands, when God sends the answer, For what is going to come. In each generation, in each instance, for whatever reason, he chooses someone to do that work. Now, we live in a day, and let me just, I'm being very transparent this morning. We live in a day when Christians are real good at second-guessing God. At what God's decided to do and who God's decided to do it with. And we're real good at saying this person's not qualified and this person's not not, not able and what in the world is God doing? Friend, just remember God does the choosing. And I say that for several different applications. It's up to God who He chooses to do what. If God chooses us as a church to do something, boy, that ought to humble us, that ought to excite us, that ought to motivate us, that for whatever reason, God choose us to be here in Jacksonville, Florida, to reach the city. God chose us uh, to help people around the world with the gospel. God chose us to be a help and encouragement to the ministries that he's brought to us. God has chosen us to train that next generation that ought to humble us, that ought, that ought to excite us, that God might choose us. By the way, mom and dad, you still have those children in your house? God chose you. He didn't choose me to rear your kids. God chose you. He didn't choose somebody else to rear those kids. God chose you to fulfill that obligation hey as you stand in the choir choir member, God chose you to stand there you stand at the po- your post usher God chose you to stand there hey whatever post whatever office you serve in, and if it's taking the garbage out God chose you to make a difference for him that that is something that we need to understand God does still do that I wouldn't have called you know I wouldn't have used him in that way well, aren't you glad God's the one deciding that? Amen. I just have it said to me, In, I'm sure there's been more that's thought it that have said it. Well, I wouldn't have chosen you to preach and pastor. And I'm like, yeah, me neither. <laughs> me neither. Not me either. But God did. God chose you for what he's chosen you. And those who were with Noah benefited. Friend, let's not fall into the trap of, you know, well, this per- they may not be worthy, but I also bring that point up because sometimes God chooses us for something and we give all these excuses. Boy, I couldn't do that. I don't have the talent to do that. Boy, I, I wonder how many young men and little children and older men who God works in their heart about being a preacher, being a missionary. And it's like, I I, I can't do that. And we tell all God all of our reasons why we can't like God doesn't know. We use all the excuses, friend. If God has chosen you to do something, there's something that's coming that you've got to build the ark now. So when the rain starts to fall and the waters start to rise, that ark has already been built. That ark is already in place. If we wait as a church to build the ark when the waters are rising, it's too late for that. Life is not preserved. We have not been obedient and we have failed our God because we have not been obedient, had the faith to do what He's instructed us to do. It's a very interesting verse, with the one we read with in, in verse number 18 we just read, but with thee will I establish. We don't underestimate your importance. Don't underestimate it. Well, may all of us, the young people especially, may we understand that God places people in our life that God is using them and God will use them. And if you have godly parents in the home, can I just tell you if you stay with those godly parents, you'll be okay. I've tried to be transparent with my children as they've grown up and being in ministry and yeah, it's it's hard work building an ark. When the rain's falling and the waters are rising, it's a lot better to be on the inside than the outside. Hey, Christian, God's given you a great church. You know, and and by the way, and I'm watching the weather, so we're, we're good. There ain't nobody running out of here right now. And by the way, instead of criticizing how the Ark's being built. Why don't you pick up a board? Yeah, yeah, yeah. will not you help carry a tree? Right. Instead of sitting there and critiquing the way things are going, right. 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 Yes, why don't you pitch in and help and say, you know, what, what exactly did God say? How many cubits? Let me, let me help get this done. Friend, there's a lot more that could get done if we understood that those who are with Noah benefited. What are we to do when it comes to what God has instructed us to do? What are we to do in this world we live in? What are we to do in this time period that God has placed us? What are we to do with the opportunities ahead of us? We live in a wicked world. We live in a nation that I do believe there's a lot of safe people in our nation. And there is preservation power with that. But I'm not sure we can be called a Christian nation anymore. But we've earned the judgment of God. God will judge America for the murder of the unborn. God will judge for the blasphemy of denying and the fact that He created male and female. And all that goes with that. Well, Pastor, what are we to do? Find grace. Find grace. Can, can Can I just speak of this from a personal standpoint? I cannot stop the hand of God's judgment. But I can seek grace in the midst of that judgment. So Pastor, how do we find grace? Oh, first of all, you, you need to know that you're saved and on your way to heaven. For by grace are ye saved by faith. Oh, the gift of eternal life is but by the grace of God for none of us deserve another breath. None of us deserve a heart that beats in our body. None of us deserves any hope in eternity. But by the grace of God, we have salvation. We can put our faith and trust in Christ who died for our sins and suffered for our sins and was resurrected having paid that sin debt. We can have, find that grace in our salvation. We can find grace if we're willing To do right and walk with God. You want to find grace? Do what was taught in Sunday school this morning. Come up alongside God. All for yourself. See, when it starts, I knew it was on the same page with God, when it starts raining and the waters start rising, You're not looking for popularity. You're not looking for approval. To use today's world and put it in that time, when the door on the ark was closed and they're knee deep in water, nobody was posting selfies on Instagram. All they were concerned about was let me in that boat, let me in the ark. And friend, if we're not careful, we'll let this life that is but a vapor begin to to, to fleet away and we'll have wasted time when we could have been building and building and building and building. When am I ever going to get done? And Is it ever really going to rain? And you're not asking that question when the first raindrop hits your head, it's, Thanks be to God that he sent the answer before the destruction came, that he sent a solution for preservation before he handed down his judgment. And I still believe that he does that today. God knows what's coming. God knows what is right around the corner. And he still sends to his people, says, do what I instruct you to do. Build that ark. but Build that preservation. Build those, build those things that you need so that you can preserve. I'll use one illustration with that. How many churches, closures never recovered from COVID? To God be the glory, we're not one of them. But can I say this because we didn't start to build the ark when COVID came? We built the ark before. I'll close with this. Build the ark. In your home, build the ark. In your marriage, build the ark. In your ministry, build the ark. Too many... Christians, and don't misunderstand me, we need church. We need our church to be a blessing to us. There are times in our life when it's all we can do to get in the back doors, plop down in a seat, and let God speak to us and strengthen us and minister to us. Church will do that for you. Don't stay away from the church when you're hurting. Get the church when you're hurting. Don't stay away from church when you're discouraged. Get the church when you're discouraged. Don't stay away from church when your spirit's not right. Be in church when your spirit's not right. Let church help you. But having said that, there's too many arcs, in my opinion, that do not get built. Because just as in our society we complain about this this welfare mentality and and entitlement mentality and and, and you owe me because of this and my government should do this because of this, I'm afraid it's crept into our churches as well. Because I believe I should have this. I'll let everybody else build the ark. Build an ark in your life. There's... Things that come into our life that we never expected. And if I can use this same thought process, there's tragedies that come unexpectedly. There's hardships that come unexpectedly. There's betrayals that come unexpectedly. Let me tell you who makes it. Nobody without the help and grace of God. But those who've been building an ark, God sends something. The very very answer to a problem you may have five years from now might be something that God's trying to get you involved in now. An area you serve, he wants you to serve in now, might be the very thing that's going to keep you going five years from now. And sometimes God offers the solution in building for the problem that's coming. Friend, this morning, if you're not saved, may I challenge you this morning to make the greatest decision you'll ever make, and that's to put your faith and trust in Christ. Christian, this morning, what's that next step in your life that you know that you're supposed to take? If you've been saved and never been scripturally baptized, that's the very next thing you need to do. Say, Pastor, when do I need to do it? This morning? Maybe you've been saved, baptized, but you're, you're not in fellowship with the church. You, you ought to get on board in a Bible-preaching New Testament church and unite with them and do something for the cause of Christ. And you see, Pastor, as soon as I find one, I'll let you know you found one. This is it. Let's, 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 let's start building the ark. Christian, maybe there's something that the Lord's been working in your heart. I I need to get involved in this, or I need to take the next step, or I need to be more faithful, or or I need to be a witness, or I need to to serve in an area uh, a little bit more. Whatever it is this morning, would you build the ark for your children, for your grandchildren? So mine are already grown. Okay. Would you build an ark for those babies that are in the nursery over there? Would you build an ark for the kids that rode the bus this morning so that when they're having families, there's still a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, old-time New Testament church for them to go to, for them to grow in the Lord and to help preserve that next generation? Friend, let's let the Lord speak to our hearts today. Father, we love you. Thank you.